Paige? Yes. Hello. Hi. Um, hey, welcome to Gigi and the 561. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I'm so glad you're here with me this evening. Um, we are we have a guest today, I guess today, from Fort Worth, Texas, Paige Polly from Paige Polly Design and Jewelry Studio. Paige, wow, you there's so much to talk about that the first thing I want to say to you is you have to come again because there's no way that we can get through <laughs> everything in this one podcast. You okay. you are you you have boy, you have quite a Quite a resume, quite a history of, of really fascinating things, and we're going to get to all of that. And so, everybody, stay with us because you're going to you're going to want to hear about all these things that that uh, Paige has going on and has gone on. First thing, though, I want to talk about something in your childhood, something okay. maybe that you loved that just sort of started off this amazing adventure for Paige Polly. Hmm. Okay. Um, we lived Maybe in England. Something we don't know. You lived in England. I'm jealous mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Um, when I was three years old, my father was in the Air Force, and he got offered a position with the uh, Royal Air Force, and oh, wow. and it was an exchange program. And so he went over there. We were there for five years. And um, so all of my first memories are from living in England, which was amazing. It was beautiful. Wow. And, and mom and dad, in their wisdom, chose to live out in the country. They oh. didn't want to live on base. And so we moved out to a little bitty town uh, called Legsby. And it's close to Market Raisin, which is another little bitty town. And that's 30 minutes from... Lincoln. Oh, okay, yeah. So we we basically grew up in the area where King Richard, Lesby Woods, belonged to King Richard. That was where he went hunting all the time. Oh, my gosh. And so there were a lot of the old traditions there. We lived in a place that had a population of about 25, including the sheep. And uh, <laughs> there was there was a one room schoolhouse, and um, there were children of all ages. Of course, there weren't many of us, and uh, most of the people that lived there worked for the landowner, the Drings. Uh huh. Okay. But it was it was just idyllic, and it was beautiful, and and. And you were living in this historic area, and, and uh, this was where Robin Hood and and all of his merry men <laughs> hung out for a while, and wow. it was just fascinating. And, and I think that's where my love of horses actually started. Oh, really? Yeah. Did so, you do you remember if you picked up an an, an accent? I mean. Because let me I tell you why I asked that question. I, uh, Gary and I watch a lot of uh, British <laughs> mystery shows, and actually they take place in these little villages, like you're talking about. Uh-huh. And and after some, you know, um, you know, for a few weeks, I began to to speak that way. <laughs> I pick it up. <laughs> yes, it's it's very easy to pick it up, especially when you're young. And wow. and I, I was three. I actually started school over there when I was three years old. Mr. Macon was the headmaster, and my brother was in school. He's two years older than I was, and um, and I would go down. I would sneak down to the school and stand there at the gates and watch the kids. And Mr. Macon saw me, 
And so he walked out, walked me back home, and talked to my mother and said, is it okay if she comes to school? Oh, wow. I, See, I started. I started first grade when I was five, and I thought that was young. Three. Boy, you three. really you were eager. Okay, so that really does explain so much about <laughs> about your your adventure, your your life, because it's there's just there's so much, and it's really really fascinating. What do you think? Do you consider to be your fork in the road because when Gary and I see a fork in the road we take it <laughs> yes oh, this way down. but for you what what do you consider to be your if you want to share that with us I have a, a couple of things so um I uh when I realized that I needed to leave the corporate world mm-hmm. that was just a few years ago that was a major fork in the road yeah. Yeah. Um and it was a very difficult decision but uh but it got to a point to where I just simply couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And so with I'm standing at this crossroads and trying to figure out what I'm going to do and I had no plan and essentially no real money saved and I didn't have any idea of what was going to happen and walked into my boss's office and said I I think August 1st is going to be my last day here. That was a very brave thing to do. It 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 was very scary. Yeah. But I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So I, I hear you. I I hmm, definitely Yeah, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> <I completely> understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um as I said at the beginning, you you you're, you are very diverse in many many ways the, the things that you do, and I do want to talk about your business and and what you what you do, some of your some of your passions and everything. But one okay. thing I respect you so much for you, your love of animals and your love oh, of yeah. rescue animals, and it, it you just. You slay on. I I get choked up. I mean, I really did when you your last. I guess I think it was your last adoption that the 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 uh, Miss Maple uh, oh, sugar Miss Maple chunky. sugar. <laughs> yes, and now it's chunky. And she, you know, and you just brought her into your pack, and it, it just it really touched me. And I just I love that aspect of your life and how busy you are and all the things going on. But you, 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 your heart is just huge about these rescues and the things oh, you do. Oh, thank you. Well, they're they're just they're they're wonderful. And Chunky was a dog that nobody wanted. Oh, so sad. She just, um, you know, bless her heart. By no fault of her own, um, her her parents basically had got pregnant, had a baby, and kind of tossed her out in the backyard oh. and just left her. Uh, um, her tail got broken somehow. Oh, it actually it actually got cut off. What? Um, oh no! And broken, so it sticks out sideways. <laughs> it's really kind of funny because when she gets excited, it's, it starts wiggling ninety miles an it hour, goes... and it's sticking straight out sideways. <laughs> <laughs> but it it looks like the pack is doing. I mean, it looks like they're blending together pretty well. But they are. It's it's. It's been a year now, and, and Barney has it finally, been a year? You've had her for a year. 
Yes, wow. I've had her for a year, and Barney finally stopped asking me when she was going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have cats, or is it just you just have dogs? Uh, I've had cats. I had the my original pack was three horses, uh, two dogs, two cats, and one and a half kids. Uh, that was wow. the original pack. That was when I was in my forties. Wow. And uh, now I'm down to two, uh, three dogs. Overachiever so. just leaps into my mind. You are just, you just, you know. But but I do want to talk about if you don't want to, it's okay. But your son, uh, you have one son like we do, and he's yes. a chef, uh, Jonathan. He is a chef. Did he um, get that from you? I mean, oh how God, did that no. happen? Oh God, no. Um, I, I'm famous for just walking into a kitchen and a fire starts. I mean, it, it just. I'm. I'm hard. My kitchen is a hallway. That's all it is for me. I gotcha. Oh man. Um, he uh, actually, Jonathan has a very interesting story. Um, I actually, he came to live with me when he was five, and his mother was an alcoholic drug addict that had had a lot of difficulties and really couldn't care for the kids. Uh, He had a sister uh, who was two years older than he was. Um, She went to live with her great-grandmother, and uh, Jonathan was with um, his great-aunt Betty and Uncle Guy, and through a really long, long chain of events, he ended up at my house. And, um, And I had told Aunt Betty... I, I've essentially got this whole family, the Lewis family, Aunt Betty and Uncle Guy Lewis and, and Mama and Papa and uh, and Amanda and just crazy. It was just crazy. All of a sudden I had this family that, and I and I had a five-year-old. I was 42. and I had, No, I was wow. 40. And I had a five-year-old standing there looking at me like, uh-huh, what are you doing? <laughs> they have your number really quick. My yeah. granddaughter does. <laughs> He did, he did. But um, I, I didn't cook, and I was a terrible cook. And and uh, uh, and I remember one night we sat down to eat, and whatever I had fixed was absolutely god awful. And uh, and I looked at Jonathan, and I said, "This isn't very good, is it?" And God love him. He said, "Well, it's not the best you've ever made." How <laughs> oh, generous! <laughs> and I said, "Give me your plate." And I put the plates in the sink, and I said, "Come on, let's go." And we ate out after that. But we didn't eat junk food. I mean, we <clears throat> we went to restaurants. He, I taught him about all the different types of foods. Um, we would go try, oh, God, the first time he ate crab legs. <laughs> I wish I had on video. He <laughs> loved crab legs. Oh, he did love it. Oh. Yes, he did. Um, he was just so funny. Um, but you also have to understand that there were long periods of time that he and his sister would go without food. Uh, and so he definitely had food issues. Um, and we, working with a counselor, we, we, we set a schedule so that he knew exactly when he was going to eat. He didn't have to worry about that there wasn't going to be any food. Um, and as he grew, he, I think, well, when he was in elementary school, he was taking money to school. And, and I found out, and I, I asked him about it, and I said, you, you aren't supposed to take money to school, and so what are you doing? And he said, well, there's this kid. And I said, there's a kid that doesn't have enough food, isn't there? He said, yes. 
So he was taking money to school when he was buying food for this kid. Oh, God. And I said, okay. I said, you keep doing that, and if you get in trouble, you let me know. I'll take care of it. So That's he, amazing. he has always wanted to feed people. Um, he has always, he didn't cook. I mean, he didn't cook at my house. Um, of course, we never cooked. But um, he uh, he would watch cooking shows on Channel 13 on Saturdays. Okay. And so I was like, okay, you know, if we weren't out at the barn with the horses, he was in front of that TV set watching cooking shows. So when it got to where we went to the college fairs, he came up with some crazy idea that he was going to go to business school and he was going to do this and he was going to do that. And I said, okay, let's go to college fair. And we're walking around and he just had an anxiety attack. And I pulled him over on the side and said, what's going on? And he said, I can't do this. And I said, well, what is it that you can't do? He said, this. And I said, okay. I said, well, let me ask you something. If you could do anything in the world, there, there, there are, there's nothing stopping you. It doesn't, money doesn't make any difference. Time doesn't make any difference. If there was anything in the world you could do, what would it be? He said, I just want to cook. Uh, I said, okay. Calling for sure. Yeah. I said, let's go. So we left, we came home, and we started looking for culinary schools. And that's what he did. What a great mom. Uh, really. No, maybe. I mean that. I mean, <laughs> no, and every time I see photos of you too, it's so sweet. And he, his, his haircut is exactly like our son's, by the way. They have the same haircut. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> he looks like a great person. And if, if next time we're in Texas, we are going to we're going to come and get you, and we're we're going to go to a restaurant and let him let him cook for us. <laughs> okay. um, I, I do want to thank you for sharing that, though. I mean, wow, what a what a great. What a great story. He's a powerful young man. He's 31 now. And he had a lot to overcome, a lot, and he did it. Um, And he did it. We helped support him, but he's the one who had to do it. And he did do it. Well, it's quite obvious. And uh, so kudos, you know, really to the support that he had, but to him, to him. For, yes. for doing what he's what he's doing and what he loves to do, and you know what, Paige, I think uh, I had someone once tell me this had to do with a job situation, and um, ask me about making money. You know, with some, mm-hmm. you know, making how to feel about making money, and I said, well, mm-hmm. you know, that's not the most important thing. This is a, a job, going to be a job interview, and he's like, well, then you're not going to be right for this job, and, and I said, well. You know, with all due respect, if you have passion for what you do and you really love what you do, the money comes. And I really have always believed that. And he he said, when can you interview? And I ended up not going <laughs> with with that company uh, because of that. But mm-hmm. uh, I, it, that always that conversation always stuck with me because I really oh, yeah. I really I do believe that. I want to talk about your business as we talk about business. Okay. The one thing that I've noticed about mm-hmm. your amazing you're an artist, you are an absolute creative genius with your jewelry. I mean, it, wow, and I'm, thank I'm, you. No, I am a huge, huge jewelry person. 
So when I watch your things that you post, one thing that jumps out at me that perplexes me, though, about Mm -hmm. your work, Mm -hmm. you love stone, and you get these giant (laughs) pieces. And and I'm like, that looks incredibly hard, Paige. Why don't you just buy the stone? I mean, and you just, it's time to cut. And it's like, oh, respect. I respect that so much. I really do. It just looks incredibly hard. Um. I I got tired. Well, first of all, when COVID hit, my business disappeared. Yeah. Everything disappeared. Yeah. And so I found that I had a lot of time on my hands. And so, <laughs> yeah, <going up. laughs> you know, so I was like, hmm, what am I going to do? Okay, well, you know what? I always wanted to learn how to cut turquoise. Yay! Amazing. And that's what I did. It's amazing. And some of your your jewelry, that your, your silver, Oh, it is just, it is stunning. And you, thank you. It, it really is. And I love how you're a night owl and you just, you know, you kind of work late into the, and one of my favorite things is to see the photos of your, of your precious, I think it's always Barney that like hangs out with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Barney and Chunky. <laughs> Did you come to bed already? <laughs> yeah. Barney eventually gives up and he goes and gets in bed. It's Chunky hilarious. stays right here. <laughs> But tell me, though, about your work. Tell me, because when we were in Ohio and I had my art gallery, uh-huh. uh, and I sold a, a lot of art that that uh, that, uh, that I had to, to collectors, mm-hmm. and there are two or three pieces that I sold I regret. I wish I had not, because I loved them <laughs> that much. And yes. I, to this day, Gary still, I harp on it. So, oh, I wish I still had it. You know, do you has that happened to you? I mean, you loved something so much that you sold that you wish you had it back. Yes, yes. There's one piece in particular, and and I knew the minute I sold it that I had made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew it, yeah. uh, and I kept thinking, I'll make another one. Well, that doesn't happen. It's, well, it's, it's the just, thing that's special about your work is, and you say it clearly. Um, if you want a piece that you see, uh, mm-hmm. you better you better get it because I may not ever make it again. This will be a one of a kind, more than yes. likely. Yes, um, I I don't do multiples. I will do things that are similar, but um, I tried doing some multiples, and by the time I finished the third one, I didn't ever want to see it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so you I, can't. I just when don't really, do that. When you really are an artist. I mean, it's the same thing with painting. It was the same thing with painting for me. You, you can't, you can't do it again. You can't. Somebody wants something no, like that. No, exactly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You just can't do it. What was, what has been your, in your studio with your art, your biggest challenge piece, or something that you, you threw in the towel, or you just said, it's not worth it. I can't do it. I, or has that ever happened? It has happened, um, and. I, there were three or four pieces that I did this year that had been sitting on my, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I just, I didn't have the skill or the knowledge to actually finish them or produce them. And, and so this was the year for me to learn. And I just started learning. I didn't. I love Native American jewelry, 
and I didn't know how to produce it. I didn't know how to make it. I didn't know how to make anything even similar to it. It's just a whole different ball game from from the contemporary stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. And so I ordered a bunch of silver because I knew it was going that also that I wasn't going to be able to get it later on in the year. So I ordered as much as I could get and uh, and started learning how to do this the silversmithing with the turquoise and the the sodalites lights and the the moonstones and um it was crazy uh i have to say very honestly i i cussed a lot uh, <laughs> we all have this year <laughs> and we're not even making jewelry <laughs> i melted a lot of things um and and I melted things I didn't want to melt. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love your honesty. I truly do. <laughs> you know? but, but I also have to say, when, whenever I did do something like that and I melted something that I didn't want to melt, it was fascinating to watch that process. It was fascinating See, is, to watch the metal. This is that little girl that was three standing at the gate in England. Yes. That's where that comes from. <laughs> Yes, it was just, it's fascinating. The colors, the colors that the metal changes into wow. and the way it changes and the way it melts and the way it moves. And and uh, and sometimes the piece that was melted is cool enough, I mean, really cool looking, to where you put it over on the side and you say, I'm going to make something with that someday. Mm, mm. Kind of like people that blow glass that, that something goes wrong and then it ended, it ends up being a, a real artistic piece of some sort that they didn't expect, yes. kind of the same way. Yes, exactly. So sometimes sometimes the, some of the coolest pieces that, that I have made that I think are the coolest pieces were mistakes. That's art. That's just, yeah. that's just That is just art. Now, I know you go, you, you take your stuff to a lot of, of shows, and, and I want to get to, mm-hmm. to some of that, but do you do any teaching? Do you teach? Have you thought about that, or, or do was, you already? <laughs> today, this year was, spo- well, two, 2020 was supposed to be the year that I was going to start teaching. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of mentoring online. Oh, do you? Oh, that's great. Yes. And, uh, and I purchased another jeweler's bench and I redid part of my studio and and got it all set up and everything is ready to go for students and boom wonderful wow. covid hit <laughs> yeah but that but that's that's okay cuz we're going to come out of it and we're yes, going we to are. come out of it and yes we are and that'll be that'll be really good before we get to kind of your shows and things like that uh-huh. a couple more little things of interest okay. about Paige Polly that I oh, have geez. to drill down into just a little <laughs> bit now wave me off if you want to okay. I am so curious about two things in particular. Okay. A gas explosion that you endured? <laughs> <laughs> Did I read that right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Do you want to share? I mean, it's just, I'm fascinated oh, yeah. by that. And you're okay, and the dogs are okay. So, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my house was built in 1942. Okay. It's, I like uh, that. Here in Bean. Nothing spectacular, but I <laughs> kept smelling this funny odor, but but it didn't smell like gas. And, and I thought, oh, geez, that, you know, something's wrong here. But I, I knew it wasn't gas. And uh, and so I, I called that. It was a Labor Day weekend. 
And I called my plumber and and said this and Wayne's been working on my house for like twenty five years. And I said well, left him a message that said, Wayne, I know you're on vacation, but when you get back would you give me a call? I think the sewer line broke under my house. And so it's a it's a little odorous in here and and uh but I'm gonna go down to the other end of the house and sleep down there, so call me when you can. Well, the next morning yeah, I decided I was gonna wash the wash some dishes and my breakfast dishes. And then I thought, well, maybe it is gas. And then I thought, no, it's not gas. It doesn't smell like gas. I know what gas smells like. And so I said, well, just to be on the safe side, I'm not going to do anything. Except I turned on the hot water to rinse off the dishes and boom. You turned on the hot water and that did it? That did it. Um, The gas line ran into the house underneath the bathtub. And there was a water leak that was so minimal that they figured that it had been dripping on the gas line for probably 12 to 14 years. Whoa. And oh. rotted it out. Oh it snapped. It, now, it went under the house, and then it came up inside the walls. So okay, it wasn't, you were so lucky. You were so lucky, though. Wow. Well, I was, yeah. Um, oh. they, they sent experts. Nobody could figure it out, and they sent three or four experts out from all over the country to look at this and figure out what happened. I had opened all the windows down at the other end of the house, came down to the end where my studio is because I had a bedroom down there, slept with the dogs, and all of those walls at the other end filled up with gas. Oh, so wow. when the hot water heater came on, which was a gas hot water heater, okay. it ignited and it blew. Oh, oh that's frightening. Oh. It was crazy. It yeah, was crazy. That is. It blew me off my feet. I landed about oh. six feet back, and and I stood there, and I'm thinking, what in the hell? And I looked up, and I thought, oh, that's not right. I can see into my bedroom. <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. Hello, bedroom. There, yeah, there there aren't any interior walls here. What? Oh, hey. But it didn't blow out the exterior walls. It just blew the interior walls. And there's a blessing there, I guess. Wow. It was. It was. I, and I just I had to know more. It's like I, she survived the I mean, I have to know more about that. Oh my goodness. It was crazy. But speaking of crazy and Uh-oh. I just you know, I love stuff like this because I relate to it totally. Uh-huh. Your fear of vacuum cleaners. What's that? <laughs> I got attacked by a vacuum cleaner. And I'm serious. I did. I got attacked by a vacuum cleaner. And and I just hate them with a passion um, and <laughs> will do anything I can to avoid these. I don't mean to laugh at your fear, but it's funny. Oh, I no. Mean, it's true. Oh, no. It's, uh, it, in fact, I'm getting ready to re, uh, to um, uh, post that story again on how it happened. And um, I, uh, I, was, I was coming down to visit in Texas for a few days. And, and I thought, oh, God, I have to vacuum now because she's allergic to dust and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm going crazy trying to vacuum her room out. And and I I thought, oh, I've got to vacuum under the, the hairballs. The dog hair was just unbelievable. <laughs> and so I thought, i got to vacuum under the dresser. So I pulled on the hose, to, and it, it wasn't, you know, trying to get under the dresser, and it just wasn't cooperating with me. So I jerked on it real hard. Just in time for me to look up, I was on my knees, just in time for me to look up and see the vacuum cleaner 
coming at me about 110 miles an hour, fell over, hit me in the face, split my lip open, and literally knocked me out. Oh, I've never heard a story like this in my life. Oh, I have never (laughs) known of a vacuum cleaner to go rogue. I mean, (laughs) oh, I mean, that's just like some kind of uh, scary movie kind of thing. It's like... I know. Thank you. Oh, oh, no, really. <laughs> You're going to have to get one of those little, you know, those new things that are round and they automatically vacuum. You know what I'm talking about? I don't even know what they're called. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. But you know what? I got I got hairballs that are bigger than those things. <laughs> that, that it, no. <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, t- tell me about your shows and how people can see your stuff and buy your stuff and all of that. Because even though you're in Fort Worth, Texas, Mm-hmm. You are. You can be everywhere uh, if you want to buy. You can buy from everywhere. Correct. Yes. Yes. At least. Um, uh, I don't know about. You know, if you have limitations um, within the you're out of the country or anything. But tell people about your shows and how to connect with you and all okay. of that. I I do local shows, and uh, I don't travel for shows. Although I may look at doing that at some point in time. Okay. Um, and I I don't have a website, but what I do is when I'm producing, I post everything that I produce on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. And then people will send me a message and say, hey, I like this. Do you still have it? Or, hey, I like this. How much is it? And I have acquired clients all over the country oh, from wonderful. Facebook and Instagram. That's so um, we use uh, PayPal or Venmo, and they pay they pay me, and I send it to them. Okay. So um, now, do you do special orders? I mean, or do you just sell what you make, or do you work with people who want special things? Occasionally, I will work with somebody who who wants something special. I don't do customs. I don't. Okay. I, I if somebody has a design that they have in mind, then I don't really do that. Okay. Um, right. And Very I nice. have people that I can refer them to. Oh, okay, that sounds. But good. But that's not my skill. Gotcha. Um, well, you don't need to because what you do is that people go and find her. It's P-A-I-G-E-P-A-U-L-E-Y and find her, find her. And uh, uh, see, see, you are on, they can friend you on Facebook. Yes. Uh, just by your name. Or, yes. Or should they go to your business uh, website. No, they what, they don't have works. to go to the business page. Just just go to my personal page because what I do is I post first on Instagram okay. and then I, I transfer it to my business page, but then I also share it on my personal page. And okay. and I, I get m- more response from my personal page. So Okay. Um, I want to ask you, we're, we're going to be wrapping up here very quickly, but mm-hmm. I do want to ask you, I know personally for me, I mm-hmm. have had the opportunity to stand on the shoulders of many people in my life and in my career, my long career, that have changed my life many times in the business world that I, that I have moved in. Standing on the shoulders, getting a hand up, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Have there been people in your life that were standouts for you? And the second part of that question is what you were doing to do for others, what, like your mentoring and things like that, and how important a big part of your life is that? 
Okay. Um, in the advertising industry, I had a lot of people who encouraged me and helped me and worked with me and gave me a lot of knowledge. Um, and I will be forever grateful to them. Mm-hmm. And, and you, yeah. you know some of them, uh, Gwen St. Clair. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Craig Diebel, uh, mm-hmm. just a number of people that uh, really took me under their wing and, and worked with me, and, and I just absolutely love them and will yeah. forever. Um, when it comes to the jewelry, when I first decided that I wanted to learn how to make jewelry, I it's not something that you can just walk out and find somebody to teach you. I had to search. And, and I found a gentleman here in Fort Worth. His name is Rod Stelter. And I went to him and I said, I, I want you to teach me how to do this. And he said, what do you want to learn? I said, everything. And he said, that's a tall order. I was, those were going to be my exact words. Yeah, that is a very <laughs> tall order. <laughs> You're not asking much. <laughs> yeah, because I, I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. I just knew that I wanted to do it. And uh, and so he said, let me talk to my partner, Mike. And he said, what days can you work? And I said, I have a full-time job at the Star Telegram. The only time I can work is Saturday and Sunday. And he said, well, we're not open on Sunday, and Saturday is our busiest day, so we can't do that. He said, but but let me talk to Mike. So they called me back, and uh, and he said, you know, we thought about this, and, and we just decided that it, it really wouldn't work out because Saturday is our really busy day, and and it, it takes time to, you know, teach somebody. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and he said, so I'm really sorry. And I said, oh, God. I said, you know, thank you so much for at least considering it. Right. I, I am so grateful for that. And he started laughing, and he said, we're pulling your leg. Get up here on Saturday. Oh, man. Oh. He said, be here at 10 o'clock. Oh, awesome. And, and so on Saturdays, I worked the counter for him. And I was in sales, which is what I did anyway, mm-hmm. so I still did advertising. Right. And, uh, and when we weren't busy, they would sit me down. He bought me a jeweler's bench, set it up, got everything ready, all my tools, everything brand new, and sat down and said, okay, this is a torch. <laughs> this is a file. <laughs> literally took me under his wing and and I was so ignorant and I made so many mistakes. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you don't make mistakes, you don't learn. You learn that's anything. True. How you make them. I I think that's a great story and I think we so many, I mean, people that I know personally and I mean you you look back and you go, I could I would never have been able to do what I did without them. They are Exactly. They were crucial and i just i i just i love talking about the people like that in our lives that yes uh and, and i'm glad that you are returning that favor and will return that favor when when we get this covid thing i want to wrap it up with okay. uh one last question for you okay. okay first let me say how much fun this has been and i greatly appreciate your time and sharing your great stories with us you are fascinating and I have promised people fascinating fun people and you certainly fill that bill to the max but here's my last question for you before I wrap it up okay what keeps you up at night 
Uh, making jewelry. <laughs> I'm a night owl. <laughs> Some people say their worries and their woes. For you, nah. it's making jewelry. See, that's what I love about you. You're upbeat. You're such an upbeat person. I really love that. So thank you so much, Paige. And everyone, please look her up. Paige Polly, she is in Fort Worth, Texas, but that doesn't matter. She will talk to you and, and share her jewelry uh, all over. So be sure and look her up. Thanks again, Paige. And I thank all of you for listening and for being here with me this afternoon or evening or morning or wherever or whenever you are on Gigi in the 561. I hope you will take the time to go to our website, northpalmbeachlife.com as well. Our YouTube channel by the same name. Please, please stay with us. Thank you, sir.